now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey Adam, it's time for Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. Josh, I feel like we were keeping a little bit of a secret from our listeners, and I, I'm not happy about it. Really? What kind of secret was it? Well, I think we, I think our listeners know that you were traveling a bunch, uh, and you were in uh, Copenhagen and Amsterdam and Berlin teaching. Uh, but I also have been in a different location. You're back in, in your chateau in West Hollywood. Um, I think people don't know how nice the windows are in your home. They really don't. Um, uh, and they're beautiful in the sense that they face both east and south, which means I'm getting a lot of morning sun and afternoon sun. Well, winds, nice out of the, winds out of the southwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Josh is in West Hollywood, and uh, I am here in Kauai. The Garden Island, the beautiful, the most beautiful island of the Hawaiian Islands, yes. Yes, which is just a way of saying that... For these next period of episodes, Josh and I will not be in the same room. We will be recording from different locations. And I do want to say that, Adam, with your brilliance, you accommodated us to have a video connection, so I get to see your bright and shining face. We are really a technological marvel. Recording remotely (laughs) via video. Yes. The sound of roosters in the background. Ah, kawaii, yes, Uh uh-huh. I feel bad, but I'm I'm really in favor of of uh, rooster eradication. Oh, really? It's yeah. really like I've gotten used to it, but it's still mm-hmm. I'd still be okay with it going. Wow! Yeah, because it's pretty nonstop. Yeah. Why does the rooster you know, crow? To why, tell, why does the rooster crow? Is it to tell the other roosters that they are like the top rooster? It could be. I I really don't know rooster folklore. Or... Okay. I don't. I'm not aware of that. Because um, they should know yeah. I heard him the first time. Yeah, you got it. Thanks. Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I'm with you. Um, every island. The, the beautiful thing about I, uh, Hawaii is that there are no predator animals and there are no snakes. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about the islands. The downside is that every, almost every island has some little annoyance based on a, a man-made annoyance. By the way, like the roosters didn't just live there. We brought them in. Yeah, what I've been told is there was a hurricane, and then they got outside of a farm or wherever, and now they're just wild. But they're everywhere. Don't bu- you don't buy that yeah, story? Uh, yeah, the, the, the white man did something to mess up the, the ecological system. For sure. As always. Like the, yeah, as always. Like, you know, the mongoose on the big island. You know, the mongoose was brought in to eradicate some other problem, but they didn't figure out that the mongoose and this, and this problem animal didn't live on the same time frame, so they... The mongoose just kept proliferating and didn't do the job they wanted. You know, just silly stuff like that, you know? How, what is a mongoose? It's like, it's like a squirrel, but bigger and without, not as cute. <laughs> so does the mongoose create problems? 
yeah, I don't remember how, but there's always a problem because man screws up the balance, you know what I mean? The mongoose got into your trash again. Yeah, stuff like that. They're supposed to, like, eradicate geckos. I don't know. But they don't live on the same time frame. Um, but, and, then, and then we also have, the, uh, on Big Island, they have that, that little chirpy frog, you know, that makes all that noise, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was because of Costco, and they, bring on, they brought in a plant that had extra croaky frogs. And oh, man. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's the white man, you know? It's, it's, it's the usual. Like... The chickens, I look at them like, okay, now if we really got it together, we could get all these chickens off the island. <laughs> <laughs> if we organized, uh-huh. If we organized a movement. I don't yes. know how you get frogs off the island. That's a problem. Because they're microscopic. I mean, not microscopic, but they're like tiny. They're like, they're like smaller than your thumb. Yeah, no, that so, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. I guess you need a predator, but then you bring in that predator and that's not good. Yeah, it's either toxic chemicals or predators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh man. Yep. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah yeah. I think anyway, the only short term solution is for me to get a dog. Can you rent a dog? I just want to rent a dog for like two weeks. Make sure the chickens take out the chickens. <laughs> I mean, I have a, I know someone here. And they have a, they have dogs and they have dogs and the dogs take care of the chickens. Adam, you know. Your propensity to come up with like brilliant capitalistic ideas is knows no bounds, and I so appreciate that. Oh, you know, no, we, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. What we can do is we can create a service, you know, rent a dog service, and uh, you know, for the people who aren't inclined to have roosters. I love it. I Actually, love it. when I lived in New York, my friend Russ and I we had a dual business idea, which was both rent a dog, <laughs> like rent a pet, because uh-huh. uh-huh. like maybe on the you know on the Saturday you're going for a stroll in Central Park, maybe you have a date. You want to bring a dog along? But also around Halloween time, we would have a second division that was rent-a-dog costume. Ooh, nice. So you could get a dog costume along for your rent-a-dog. Brilliance. Yeah, that's, well, that's, I'm, an, I'm an idea guy. Yeah, you can't help it. Can't stop the, the flow. Real pitchmeister. In life, it's not about the what, which is rent-a-dog business. It's about mm-hmm. the how. How are you going to execute yeah, that dog business? It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because it's really important to get clear on on, on what the what is. Because if you can, f- you really get have a lot of clarity on the what, and there's no um, inner obstacles. Yeah. Uh, then uh, it's it's just a party. Yeah. That's and it's just, fun. Just a fun. So, do you want to define the what versus how? Sure. I, I can give like a really fun example of what of what just happened when I was in. Um, I was in Copenhagen. So, um, you know, as you know, I went on that, that European tour, and it was great teaching. And then I had this opportunity to have this amazing meeting uh, up in Aarhus, which is about a four-hour, three-and-a-half, four-hour train ride from Copenhagen. It's the second largest city in Denmark. Um, and so, no um, yeah, most people don't, but that's why I'm here, you know. So uh, I, I fell in love with Arus, by the way. It's just beautiful, magical city. And um, what do you like about it? Uh, it's the vibe. I, I know it sounds so new agey, but the vibe. It's like I, I'm, I'm taking the train in, and I could just feel the difference of being supported and by the land, and just and the people, and it was just an amazing experience. I met this lady named Charlotte, and wonderful organization there. Um, anyway. Um, and the people on the train, the people I got to talk to, these two professors. But, but, the, uh, but we're talking about what and how. 
And so here's what happened. So I made a commitment to going up to Arus and, um, you know, take, you know, it's a two day, it's an overnight experience for me. And it was a meeting and a bunch of other things that came out of that. But um, I committed to it. I'm, I'm going to go. So I found out there's like a bus and the bus, I'm making up numbers now, but the bus was like around $20, you know, 20, 18 euros or whatever, $20. And so... Um, I was like, okay, I have a four, I think it was a four o'clock meeting in Arus, and it's a four hour train ride, or a four hour ride to get there, uh, uh, by bus. And so, um, what happened was, uh, I got up, and I was getting ready, and I, there's a 10 o'clock bus, and I'm running late, as always, or as usual, I should say. And, uh, I know. And then, yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah. And so then I get there, and um, so I have, so I wind up taking a taxi, because I can't take the bus, because I'm running late, and... I literally get there like just in time. So I see the bus, I'm like far out, pay the taxi guy. I get over there and the line's already formed so, and I don't have a ticket so I have to wait on this other side. And then the bus driver goes, okay, where's your ticket? And I go, well, you know, I, I don't have one. Where do I get one? Can I buy it from you? And he's like, no, you can't buy it from me. You have to buy it from that guy over there. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, I know what's going on now. No, I'm teasing. So, so I go You're to this like other socialism. guy. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a, it's a left country. So, um, it's so I go to this other guy who's like 20 feet away, and he pretends like he doesn't know what I want. And I go, yeah, I'd like to get a ticket for this ride, for this bus ride. And he's like, because I see that there's seats available. And he's like, okay, that'll be. I'm making up a number here, but it was like around three hundred dollars. And I'm like. But but it's a $20 thing online. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you buy it from me, that's what it costs. I'm like, okay, that's a little odd, but okay. Um, I said... Uh, this is uh, very, this uh, story is becoming very Kafka-esque in this way. I can't explain. Yeah, like, yeah it is. Like, it oh, is you want to go like, there? It's going to cost be, you. Yeah, and we have this cage for you to travel in. <laughs> we'll let you out at the end. Maybe. So then I go, okay, not a problem. I have a smartphone. I'll go online and buy the ticket. So I go online to buy the ticket, and I can't buy the ticket because it's after the, the allotted time to buy those tickets for, that, for this bus ride. So then I show it to him. I go, look, I, I want to buy it online, but I can't. He's like, sorry. And I go, I got an idea. I go, there's another bus that leaves here in like two and a half hours, right? He's like, yeah. I go, I'll buy a ticket on that bus, and then I'll just use it here. And he goes, sorry, we can't do that. <laughs> I love how calm you are in this situation. I feel like me, and really I'm thinking about my father right now, would have just, it would be a, like, there would, there would be some screaming at this point. Oh, yeah. There would I, be I some bad American travel behavior. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm, I, I have a lot of clarity around that. So then I kind of go, and, and this really is my demeanor. I'm like, wow. Okay, we're really playing a system here. I get it now. Yeah. So there's no workaround. And he goes, well, the next, because you know when the next bus will be here. And, and I go, okay, so really my choices are $20. Uh, tw- the $20 ticket's gone. So I either pay $300 and leave now, or I pay $20 and hope, hopefully I'll buy a ticket on time in two hours. He's like, yeah, basically. And so it was a weird moment because I had spent all this money taking a taxi to get to the bus on time, and I see the bus pull away with empty seats, and I'm not on it. So I'm like, "Wow, that feels that doesn't feel good." But I can still make my, my I can still make my my appointment on time, right? Because remember, we're not talking about what we're talking about how uh, we're talking about how, not what. I'm still on track with my what. Can we just say Denmark that 300 bucks is a pricey for a bus ticket? 
Yeah, I don't understand. Anyway, I don't, I don't question it because that's their reality. So that's the other thing is I never question other people's reality, and I always say yes, say yes and. Um, so then um, I'm standing there at the curb, and I'm standing next to this guy, and he's chatting with me, which is nice. But then I smell, like, major alcohol on his breath at, like, 10.05 in the morning. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so we're there. having it. Yeah, yeah, right. It's cold, yeah. It's cold and right. dark. Leave him alone. But, but he's a nice guy, and so we're chatting. And, and, and then just before he leaves, he goes to me. He says, he goes, because he's going to another bus in another direction. He's like, um, he goes, well, why don't you just take the train? And I'm like, that's a great idea. He goes, it's right over, th-, you know, he points to the station across the street. I said, great, thank you. I really appreciate that. And he goes off on his train, and I'm like, this guy's brilliant. Drunk, but brilliant, you know? Were you like, God, alcoholics are good for something. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, finally, yeah. their weird lack of boundaries has helped me in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a nice chat. It's true, he was probably more open than he would have been if he hadn't been drinking, so... So I went across the street with my stuff and talked to the nice lady behind the counter. And she's like, yeah, uh, we have a train leaving in like an hour. And, uh, and that'll be like $40. And I'm like, this is great. So, uh, and I, you get free Wi-Fi. You get to move around the cabin and, you know. Trains you get... are great. Their trains so, are like the best, one of the best things about Europe. They have yeah. trains. We don't really have trains. Even when I lived in New York City and I got to take like, the train to New Jersey or out to Long Island, I'd be like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, it feels And those were really good. shitty trains. New Jersey oh, trains. Okay. God, are they? Shitty. Okay. Ugh. Yeah, okay. these are pleasant. So, so I, I get my ticket and I get to hang out. I go to Joe and the Juice and get a little little drink. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the, the European thing. I get on the train, meet this lady who's super sweet, nice lady, being online, taking pictures, you know, just working. And then I meet these two ladies who are professors, and they're working on a presentation. We get chatting, and God, the, the train ride goes by like that. And by the end of it, I, I, met, I met you know two nice people that are like friends, and they might even contact me to help them with their presentation. Um, and then I show up uh, to Arus, beautiful town, and um, I still have an hour before my meeting, and I get there and it, you know it's a walk to from the train station to the instead of the bus to the to where my meeting is and then uh, the meeting went from three hours to four hours and then it went to dinner we went to go see a premiere of a show that a festival was just happening anyway everything just flowed beautifully and partly because i didn't get caught up in my how so i'm gonna back it up a little bit because i think this is important part for people to know too can mm-hmm. we talk about your what for a minute which is like Clarity around, I'm supposed to go to, how do you pronounce it? Arus? Arus. Arus. A-A-R-H-U-S. Okay. It sounds like something a a Disney character would say. Arus. Arus. A Disney animal character. Arus. Is it, like, that's the first step. And I think, I just want to back it up because I think some people don't always know to trust that. Like, in order for you to be open to the how you got to Arus, you had to be like, Going to a ruse and meeting with this person who you've never met before is definitely the right thing for you to do. Because it's not going to be easy necessarily for you to get there. And you're going to have to change your plans. So, like, it's listening to, like, I'm curious even from a process perspective, was there something about the communication, the text messages, the emails that made you feel like, "Mm, this is a quality human being that I need to spend some time with? 
Yeah, there was, a, you know, there was a great communication that we had set up, and then I had let it lag for a few days, and so then I needed to re reengage, and then I just tapped into. You know, I took away all the barriers, and you know, and I understood that it was a two-day process, and that you know it would affect my time and the amount of time I had in Copenhagen. Uh, and inwardly, I said, "Yeah, it felt right." Okay, so you trust your intuition, your impulse, with some mm -hmm. data and some, yeah, you know, you know, it's not yeah. like I meditated and I believe my soulmate is in Nicaragua, so I bought a ticket to Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. or my mm -hmm. Swami told me I have to go mm -hmm. to India, even though it doesn't really feel like I want to go to India. Because mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. is this is not a small thing, Josh. Because I think a lot of people either let other people tell them what to do, or they don't listen to their own intuition, mm -hmm. or you know. And I think this is something you don't think about because you operate from a pretty solid baseline of your own guiding. But mm -hmm. I lot not everyone does. A lot of people are confused, and they're like. Do I do this? Do I do that? What's the right thing to do? Or judgment creeps in. Oh, this seems good, but oh, it'll never work out. Like, what am I mm -hmm. really going to get out of this meeting? It's just a meeting. It's going to cost me a lot of money. You know, like there are a million mm -hmm. things that creep into the what that are mm -hmm. noise that are unhelpful. So beautifully said. And yes, you're absolutely right. Okay. And to be able to distinguish or discern between old pattern repetition junk stuff that I'm saying and stuff that actually has real validity to it in relationship to what I want to create. Right. Like if this woman had been like, um, had said all those things like, and my vision is to create an amusement park for animals. Like that's how I spend all my time. Despite all the good vibes you've gotten, you might've been like, ah, uh, maybe our visions are not aligned. Like maybe this, like it would have mm -hmm. changed things for you a little, like you would have mm -hmm. listened to that data. I don't know if you would have gone or not, but you would have been like, okay, yeah. now I have, like it doesn't, it's not just blindly like, this feels good, so I'm doing it, you know? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's a, mm -hmm. always a combination of like, how do I feel, what is my intuition? And then like, what is the actual data in front of me, right? It's always like mm -hmm. all those things, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so she's not, her vision is not to create an amusement park franchise in, in Denmark. So you go. Yes. Yes. So, what so is I her make vision, my, I, interesting so enough? What's your perception yeah, so, of her alignment with your alignment? Um, I really, uh, other than having a broad sense of the performing arts, um, I didn't have any specific thing to point to. And, okay. and, and thanks to our meeting uh, and what she brought to the meeting, it was co-created in the moment. But I don't know that at this point. Right, exactly. The, char the, ca the character doesn't know that. The character is just operating on a general, and I would say probably it was like a general mindset you brought into this trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it what, was. How whole, would you describe that mindset? Uh, open, allowing, uh, saying yes as fast as I possibly can to the experience I'm having. See, here's the thing is, is, that, is that, and this is what makes Americans sort of like, people make fun of Americans, is, is that we deny reality. Like, the reality is, is that I'm not getting on that bus. That's the reality because of how the structure is set up. Now, I can, I can try to work with that reality, but if I don't get into alignment with that reality immediately and see if I can work with it, then I'm, I'm screwed. Hmm. Then, then I become angry, hostile, forceful, ugly American, pushing my way around. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for no real value because, 
because it doesn't feel good. Even if I win, it doesn't feel good. Win, I use win in quotes. Like imagine if I had won my, my limitation of taking the bus. I'd be in a small bus, cramped, no Wi-Fi, and I wouldn't have met those two professors. Hmm. Do you think in that moment, like, or like retrospectively actually, like the universe had another plan for me? In that moment, I'd stay as, po- as open as I possibly can given how much I'm going through in that moment. Like, absolutely, I was pushing it when I was taking the cab and I was hurrying, you know, asking him to hurry up because I was late for the bus. But at a certain point when I, I got to the bus and I was, like, so happy and then it didn't work out, there was, like, okay, take this moment, say yes, and breathe and, and, and go into an open space. I call it an open space. Go into allowing. Go into that which is possible. Do you have memories of your life in the past when you have been not open to different hows, different ways of getting to where you are? Oh, 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 Adam. (laughs) Oh, Adam. Is there any, is there any, is there anything in particular that sticks out to you? It, it, it's it's almost like a lifestyle in the sense of like the amount of pain that I would go through and the amount of pain that I would inflict upon others. Mm-hmm. It was just, it, it, the contrast is severe. And what was that outlook? That was like, I decided to do this. This is the, how I'm going to do it. I, I, I'm teaching here and I rented this and now they're telling me, rented the space and now they're telling me I can't have it. So fuck it. I'm not teaching anymore. This is over. Well, or, yes, or I would go into, no, you don't understand, I must get on this bus. Right. And I, and I won't take any other answer but the answer that I've, you know, I'm not open to anything other than that. And you're wrong, and I'm right, and I'm going to force it. Gotcha. And that's just, it's, it's a lifestyle, actually, and it's really an unpleasant lifestyle. You know where you see this a little bit toxically is mm. in, in personal relationships? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like you have to be this certain way for mm-hmm. me to be okay. And when you're mm-hmm. not, the world is not okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's much actually even harder in that context because that's requires like unconditional acceptance of someone, which is really hard. <sighs> and in many ways is a spiritual ideal more than a reality. Like there's certain things we just cannot accept in another person. You know? Which means we, we can't accept it in ourselves. Right, but like I couldn't really probably date a heroin addict. I'd be like, I, like if your partner started doing heroin, you'd be like, eh, this might not, this might not work long term. But I mean, also like, it, you know, that's an extreme example. But like, just also not wanting to accept the limitations of the people we interact with. Yeah, and then to discern, like, there's a discernment. Fa- I, I always use the word discern. There's a discernment factor of of that which is uh, mutable and that which is fixed. And, right. and, and to be able to, to decipher which is which is, is huge. Because some, some is malleable, some you can form with, and some is so rigid and fixed, it's like, ooh, it's tough. It's like the 12-step prayer. Oh, 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 tell me, tell me. Oh, it's like the 12-step prayer is, uh, what is it? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I think it's the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. I think it's, that's roughly it, but it's like, right. Like that's a little bit of like, 
like you in that moment, you're like, all right, I can't change the fact that they are not going to let me on this bus. But what what are the other possibilities here? Right. Opening up to endless possibilities. That's key. And and staying open so that my 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 ability to perceive stays open. Like if my if I had shut down and I had and I had pushed the drunk guy away from me, like, shut up, leave me alone. It's like I saw that movie In every movie. They do that. There's the unconscious, which is the drunk person, the child the or nature, the animal who's showing the main character the right way to go. And they don't believe it for the first two or three tries. Right. So it was almost like I was living a movie. But but I just want to go back to our how and what. So my how is still my my what is still alive, and and who cares about how? Does it really make a difference if I go first class or second class? Does it really make a difference? Mm. What's important is that I'm there for the meeting. If I take a plane or a boat or a. So I just want to bring this into like people's creative processes. So like if someone's writing a novel or a script and they have or a series of art projects, whatever you're doing. So you have this impulse that you you really trust that this is the right project for you and you're interested and it makes you feel creatively alive. And then you start to do it and you you start to run into, I think, often the the, the challenges of doing a long form creative project. So you write your script and your second act is a disaster because you don't really know what the emotional journey is for the character or you don't know the ending or the relationship one of the characters you wrote in the script turns out to be incredibly boring and unengaging all these things that people notice once you've written it you know i'm just using a script as an example so i'm just saying i think there's a learning here an analogy in saying like how else can i get to the crux of this story and how else can i work creatively right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely yes well said mm-hmm. because the solution in that situation would be like maybe i need notes from this person maybe i need a collaborator maybe i need to go do another draft of this in a completely new environment maybe i need to step away from this you know like there are a million different options but what sometimes happens i think in the creative world is like you're just going to hammer at it all day until you get what you want Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's that's not always the best solution. I feel using those words of I have to, I must, those are good indicators that perhaps if I'm using that in relationship to a how, that I'm on the wrong track. Right. That I need, I need to open myself to other possibilities, other ways of approach. Mm-hmm. Nice. What and how? Do you have any parting advice for our mm-hmm. listeners about what and how? Um... Take your time. Take your time on the what. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't rush your, your choice point of, of what it is that you want to make your what. Uh, and then once you do, um, check out your inner self in terms of any inner obstacles that you have because those will only bite you in the butt later. Uh, do what you can to be aware of them and dissolve them. Solve them and dissolve them. And then... Um, uh, and then uh, stay open along the path that's going to take you from here to there. And, and buy and your bus ticket at least two hours ahead of time if you ever want to go from Copenhagen to Arus. Yeah, for only $20. $20. Yep. yep. 300 on the bus ticket. That's rough. That's no joke. That, yeah, that, that was just God's way of saying take the train. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, he, yeah. that doesn't even exist. That guy made it up. Also, I like in this story how there's like somehow like a mythical second bus ticket window. I mean, it's like if I were like to set this in a dreamland of like uh-huh. heaven, 
like getting to the gates of heaven or hell. Uh-huh. It's like, uh-uh, not this window, the next window. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like weirdly like defending your life. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's the lure. That there's guy lure wasn't even a bus one. ticket salesman. He was an actor paid by the, <laughs> the city of New York. <laughs> <laughs> to toy with to toy with american tourists that's probably it and that, that 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 little vest he was wearing was just a costume but he did wear it well i have to say it looked really good it's kind of how like when i'm in brooklyn now and brooklyn's so gentrified you can't even know what's going on and then every once in a while i'll see like a genuine like brooklyn guy who mm-hmm. sounds like has a brooklyn accent Mm-hmm. But I'll turn to the person I'm with. I'm like, no, no, that, those guys don't actually live in your area. That guy works for the city. He's an out of per, he's an out of work actor. <laughs> they pay him to do that <laughs> to keep the culture alive. Yeah, they, we funny. pay we pay yeah. for like flavor. The yeah. you know the guys in suits like it. Like let's makes it helps the property values. Makes it feel a little authentic. <laughs> but then they go home at night. Uh huh. To Lonk Branch, Lonk Branch, Branch, Deep yeah. Long Island. Yonkers Wonk. until Wonk. Yonkers gets gentrified. Yeah. All right. This has been okay. notes on your notes for more information on our episodes. Go like us on the Facebook page and Instagram. Send us an email notes in your notes at Gmail to get on the show in terms of a question. Or maybe we even will call you or leave a message. Actually, sometimes we play our messages on the show and then we answer those questions. 415-735-6095. The music on today's show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod, and the sound editing design is courtesy of me. We will talk to you next week. Oh, and one more thing, Adam. Hollyhock is coming up again this year. This is my second time at Hollyhock. In, in, you know, it's my second annual uh, visit there. I'll be teaching starting July 3rd. All the information is on their website. Check it out. We have a couple of spots available. 